This is Frank Dominguez for WDAV's Piedmont Arts. On Saturday, June 8th at 7.30 p.m. at Sharon Presbyterian Church Chapel, the Firebird Arts Alliance presents Pass Me the Jazz 3, a concert featuring Vox, the Rick Bean Trio, saxophonist Ziad Rabi, and special guest Michelle Amato. My guests to talk about this concert are pianist Rick Bean and our good longtime friend David Tang, director of the Firebird Arts Alliance and Vox. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Great to be here. Now, I just said this is called uh, Pass Me the Jazz 3. That means there must have been a 1 and a 2 that I've missed. So let's assume that some folks listening to us right now haven't heard of these concerts before. What is this uh, about? In college, I sang in a cappella jazz singing groups. And so I've always had a love for jazz and singing jazz and um, have always trickled it in and out of my work with the symphony, the symphony chorus. But with Vox, I said, let's end a season with a jazz concert. And after the jazz concert, they were like, we're never not ending without it with a, with a jazz concert. So this has now become the third year where we're doing jazz to finish out the season. And all three of them have involved Rick. And um, actually, our first two ones, we did a jazz mass by Rick and Kevin Gray uh-huh. at St. John's Baptist and um, Don Anthony. And um, we had a great time premiering their piece and, and then doing it again. A lot of classical choral singers love singing jazz because you get into harmonies that you wouldn't otherwise singing Mozart or Brahms. You know, I have a feeling we'll never not do a jazz concert every season. <laughs> Tell me about this particular uh, edition of this uh, jazz concert. And I, I gather from what I've read about it that you're honoring uh, North Carolina jazz musicians with it. Correct. And so when Rick and I were talking about this year, we said, let's do something with a little bit of a theme. And Rick said, well, you know, there are a bajillion great jazz musicians from North Carolina, starting with Dizzy Gillespie, Thelonious Monk, John Coltrane. I was like, okay, done. Um, and <laughs> you then could do said, a concert with each one of those. Exactly. <laughs> and he said, and don't forget Lunas. Ah. And so we're um, making a special effort to do music by Lunas McGlowan, who the McGlowan Theater here is, is named after. Rick, you knew uh, Lunas. Uh, I had the privilege yes. of meeting him in another lifetime briefly, but you knew him pretty well. So tell me a little bit about him and his significance. He was commissioned by the governor to write a th- uh, with Charles Keralt, who was, uh, Lunas was Charles's mentor, by mm-hmm. the way. They were commissioned to write together something uh, to honor North Carolina called North Carolina is my home. And it was recorded and done very nicely. But uh, Lunas um, was the most unusual person I've ever met. Uh, (laughs) He he was uh, not only a great uh, pianist, but he was a great accompanist. In fact, he had just gotten back from Europe, and he said, you know, flying over, I just read in a magazine, I'm rated one of the top three accompanists in the world. So I, how about that? I didn't know it. <laughs> what a lot of people don't know is that Lunas played for Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett and Judy Garland. I mean, he was a world-renowned jazz pianist. He was, and he, he performed with all of them. Uh, Rosemary Clooney, Julius La Rosa, you can go through the whole list of everybody that was great, and they all knew Lunas. I remember some friends of mine were in Paris at a club, and Stan Getz was playing. And Stan noticed that they were American. He said, well, where are you from? They said, Charlotte, North Carolina. He said, well, tell Lunas Hay for me. So <laughs> he's known all over the world, even better than in Charlotte. And he had his own contributions to the Great American Songbook, too. Oh, absolutely. He wrote hundreds of songs. Uh, things like Songbird, uh, which was 
nominated for two Grammys, one by Wynton Marcellus and the other by Frank Sinatra. Blackberry Winter, all the contributions he did in, con- in collaboration with Alec Wilder, they became great friends for decades. David, what drives you to uh, seek out these kind of cross-genre collaborations? It just seems to be something that really seems to be a passion for you. Yes, it is. And in part, it's to engage the singers, the performers, the ensembles that I work with, because in this day and age, I think a purely classical violinist at a conservatory today doesn't really exist. Um, everybody's doing crossover, mm-hmm. and um, and it's not just for interest. I think there is real musical wealth in the idea that genres are not hard-bound entities. And so, for instance, recently I discovered a whole bunch of great choral jazz by this Brit named Will Todd, and he writes church anthems in an Anglican style, but he also writes this top-flight choral jazz. There's a new school of choral music that's kind of based in TV and film score um, writing, that's spectacular. And so I think one as a musician kind of needs to branch out a lot just so that you're capable of going to other places and be expressive within those languages. Choral singers don't really do jazz. Um, The rhythms and the harmonies are unidiomatic to Mozart or Beethoven. And singers, the singers in Vox actually um, really dig (laughs) stuff that's new and really stretching themselves. There are other singers who may want to stick in the Mozart, stay in the Mozart lane, but um, Vox has learned that it's worth going out on a limb um, and trying new stuff. You have a couple of other guest artists, uh, so tell me about them. Michelle Amato I found through Martha Bartz, who's a mezzo-soprano here, and a good friend, and I sort of put an APB out. Hey, does anybody <laughs> know a great jazz singer who is a soprano? Because we had programmed um, part of Will Todd's Mass in Blue, which has a, a solo part for so- solo jazz soprano. So Michelle's based out of Orlando, and turns out Michelle actually has a lot of North Carolina connections, including she went to school with Christina Peer, who is one of Charlotte's great classical sopranos. Ziad, of course, runs Jazz at the Bechtler. We have a personal relationship because his better half is in Vox. And um, so we've been trying to get Ziad to come and play with us. And um, he finally was able to find the time and the bandwidth to, to come join us. So we're really excited about Ziad sitting in. Rick, there are so many uh, quotable definitions about jazz. Uh, There's even some debate about the term jazz that I've read recently and whether it's, uh, you know, really uh, a respectful term because apparently it came out of, you know, some kind of a a racial slur originally. Uh, But as a lover of jazz and a practitioner of it for many years, how would you describe it? It's a very free form of expression and it's a, and there's no holds barred. You don't have to adhere to the rigors of the classical or Baroque structure or timing, uh, and it's music that comes from the heart. Uh, in the early days in jazz, uh, there was a lot of sorrow. Of course, jazz originally started, uh, came from the spirituals, and uh, that came from hardship mm. and blues. And 
then it evolved into daily life, the blues of living in an urban city and or love. And Marlene Verplank would tell you better than anybody, most of the songs that are really great today revolve around love. So it, it reflects the emotions of the music. And the jazz tells a story, whether it's instrumental or whether it's vocal, is telling a story. And a good jazz musician can construct a story with his instrument or voice. And uh, so it's very different because it's, it's also spontaneous. And that's a difference in the structured uh, music of classical, which, you know, I've played since I was four. And I, I do this when I do concerts. Often I'll sit down and tell somebody, hit me four notes and I'll write you a song. Mm. But it's just to show you that things can be done on the spot. So that's what a musician's mind does when he sees a, maybe a chord structure here or some timing. Okay, how do I tell a story with these? And we were talking about this on the way over, how um, you know a choral singer will sing the words, eternal rest grant them Lord, for three minutes. There's no story there. It's an affect. It's an emotion. It's a landmark. Whereas jazz songs have an arc to them, and each one has a flow. And we're, we're doing Billy Strayhorn's Lush Life, for instance. And we were talking about how really depressing it is. But there's a moment, there's a spark of hope in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, and how each jazz song has drama to it in, in a tiny amount of space. Lunas' song, Blackberry Winter. Uh, I can't get over losing you, but I know that life must go on. And the memories grow dim like a half-forgotten song until Blackberry Winter reminds me you're gone. A good singer can take those words and really, you know, emote the story. And they're in English, so an audience can really follow them. <laughs> yeah, there are very few people that live through the, you know, speak Latin, you know, as a first language. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to bring this uh, around again to the whole idea of cross uh, uh, genre, I'm struck by how many uh, classical musicians uh, enjoy jazz and have expressed that, and also the aspirations that a lot of great jazz musicians have had to do uh, symphonic work, whether it's Duke Ellington or or uh, somebody like John Coltrane or Charlie Parker recording with strings. So it, it just seems really logical to bring these forces together for a concert like this. And, and I'll be honest, uh, the, the initial inspiration for this concert came from meeting Rick and from meeting someone of his stature and capabilities. And, and he's, too, he's too humble to tell people that, you know, if Lunas couldn't do a gig, if he was sick or whatever, he'd say, I'm sending Rick. <laughs> um, and Rick would fill in for Lunas all the time. I remember <laughs> I quit booking myself in, in the 80s and 90s because Lunas was so bad at book, double booking himself. <laughs> I really did. I quit. I said, I get better jobs just to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> and uh, I remember two years in a row, uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford came and did a concert. And then there was another similar event at a hotel. And they were at 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock. And Lunas booked himself for both of them each night <laughs> at the same time. So impossible to do. So he called me. So I would do the ten, 9 o'clock Tennessee Ernie uh, Ford show and then go over drive over to the hotel and Lunas would do the opposite and both years we passed each other right down here on the street downtown Charlotte and waved at each other <laughs> so you know it was just that way um, I've slipped on the piano several times I mean I remember when Marlene was singing with her back to Lunas uh, at our church and uh, I said Lunas how you doing he said great he says I would love to hear how this sounds from the other side of the church um, would you slide on so without missing a beat I slid onto the piano she didn't see me 
And it, she never turned around and said, well, how did it sound? And a voice from the other side of the building said, just great. <laughs> In honor of Lunas, we are going to, going to do some of his greatest songs. Uh, I wrote one a cappella for Songbird, which I'm uh, grilling David's group with right now. Uh, and uh, that's a special song. I wrote that when Marlene died. I said I've got to do a, a tribute to her and Lunas, and I put George Shearing and a few, a couple of others in there that I really respected. Uh, we're going to do Blackberry Winter. Michelle's going to sing that. Um, Vox is going to do uh, The Wine of May, and uh, who knows, we may end up doing another one. One of the most interesting things about this, these concerts is that we've always done a secular first half and a sacred second half. This music by Will Todd, I think, is a real discovery, will be a real discovery for a lot of people. It's spectacular. It's great jazz. It's great classical. The choir really stretches. And um, I think for people who like choral music, people who like jazz will find this piece just uh, outstanding. My guests have been pianist Rick Bean and David Tang, director of the Firebird Arts Alliance and the chorus Vox. They're collaborating on the Pass Me the Jazz 3 concert, Saturday, June 8th at 7.30 p.m. at Sharon Presbyterian Church Chapel. And that concert also features saxophonist Ziad Rabi and special guest singer Michelle Amato. Rick and David, thank you very much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks. For WDAV's Piedmont Arts, I'm Frank Dominguez. Our thanks to WFAE for the loan of their Spirit Square studio for this interview.